come on. How good. Ah, oh, who's excited? You guys excited? Awesome. Um, can I get one of my fellow youths to bring a pulpit over? That'd be amazing. Um, only because my notes are on it, so that'd be very scary if I'm preaching without my notes. But I'm excited today. <laughs> I didn't need the water bottle anyway. It's all right. We'll see how we go. What is it? Having technical difficulties? Bear with us. That's just how youth goes. <laughs> we like to make a mess of things. Yeah, yeah, it's off. It's off now. That was completely my bad. My fault. Yeah, we'll pray for our youth clumsiness. Um, it's a bit of what, who we are. We're unique. We celebrate that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, the miracle. My notes didn't get wet. Look at that. All right, first off, I just want to honor our our amazing youth band. How good were they? Come on. What powerful worship. Elsie, it's just so good seeing uh, some of our young ones. Like, we got like Eva, who, how old are you? 13, 13 years old. And we're leading us some worship. That is so awesome. And Dawn on keys going amazing. Oh, it's so good to see all them on, man. And I also want to honor Jordan. Like, that's first time emceeing. Emceeing is hard. Who knows public speaking is hard? Like, public speaking is like, I get nervous. I, I have random quirks. I, I trip over my lines sometimes. So honestly, yeah, I spill water. Yeah, yeah. So like, sometimes it's definitely difficult. So let's give a round of applause to Jordan, because honestly, that is awesome. So good. Um, but quickly before I get to my sermon, uh, I do want to talk about escape camp because that's what we're here for. I'll let you guys take your seats. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> you guys want to be comfy, but I want to talk about escape camp. Obviously we have, uh, every single year we have a youth camp and, um, this is one of our biggest events for youth group because, because it's a, a three day getaway where you can escape from, you know, school life and, and your home life and what's going on. But you not only that's not bad, but <laughs> you escape to a place where you can just focus on God. You can just focus on your faith, your journey there, and you start to build that in your life and you build some good practices and build some good habits in your life that will literally launch you into your, your, your year. And um, so I'm excited for that because I believe every single youth are going to go there and they're going to have transformation in their lives. They're going to have absolutely breakthrough in their lives. And so they're going to go in the camp and they're going to, people who don't know God, did you know about like 80% of our youth are unchurched and don't know God? And that's an exciting thing because they get to explore their first encounter with God, their first words with God, their first relationship with God. And, and, and so that's really exciting. But what I love about this camp is that it's not just the youth camp, it's our whole church. It's our whole church movement. It's inspired church movement. It's the kingdom movement. And so this, don't think of this as, oh, like, yeah, let's just let the youth leaders do it. Zan's got it. Even though he spills water, he's got it. He can do it. It's not just that. It's all of us. It takes every single one of us. It's like the body of Christ. We all get together. We all support in any way we can. And we're, this is the next generation. We want to build them up. We want to set them up to win. We want to set them up so they are inspiring the next generation after. It's never just about us. If we come to this church in these four walls and we're like, I'm here for me, we've missed the, we've missed the mark. 
We come here because God wants to work in not just our lives, but everyone's lives around us. The next generation, the next generation, the next generation. So I want to encourage you today is that we talked about sponsorship briefly. Um, a big way of how you can help is, yeah, sponsoring money. Our camps are expensive because we have huge games. We have prizes. We also bring in guest speakers. So obviously we want to honor our guest speakers as well. And also you got to book the camp venue, all sorts of things that we're going to pay for. And then, then to accommodate that, you have the youth who have to pay a price to actually come to the camp so we can afford to do the camp, which is a whole crazy thing. But what... I'm believing for and what we could do as a church as we have hundreds in this church. Imagine if every single person even gave $10, you could literally like get all the youth there for free almost. Like I'm not sure what the math is. I'm not a mathematician. If anyone's smart, you can work it out for me. But imagine if you could send every single youth there for free and they're just being able to, so you're just setting them up because maybe you're like, I'm not like Pastor Don. I don't have that evangelism gift that he has on his life. But what you can do is actually set them up for a place where someone else with a gifting of evangelism can actually set them up to, you know, talk about Jesus and reveal Jesus in their life. So we, even though we might not have that gifting, we can actually support others who have that gifting. We can also support the kids and set them up in a place where they can thrive and come to know God, which is pretty awesome. And so there's a couple of packages that Jordan talked about what we can do. As the first one, I like to do this because this is our value here. It's called the We Are Better Together package. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> Include the value, you got it, you got it. But this package is because our tickets are 160. We're doing 140 today because we're nice guys. But uh, We Are Better Together package is like, we can't always afford to sponsor a kid for $160. You're like, man, I can barely afford groceries this week. I can't do that. But what we are better together is you find, you know, three other people, four other people and be like, hey, let's put in 40 bucks each and we've sponsored a kid right there. We are better together. Let's get together and be like, hey, what can you afford? What can you bring? And then get a, your I group together. Who goes to an I group? Come on. Yeah, get your I group together and be like, man, what can we do? How can we get a kid to go to this camp? Because we're believing not just for kids here, but also 40 more kids, 50 more kids, 60 more kids to come to this camp. And we're believing for that. And if we can just set it up so it, there's no barriers from stopping them from coming to camp, it's not like, oh, I can't afford it. It's like, actually, we've paid for you already. You can come. We remove the barriers so they can come. And then if you're just super generous and amazing, you can sponsor a whole ticket, 160. Or... You can just donate anything you can. Any donation helps. Or you can help with our various fundraisers that we're going to be having going over the next couple of months. So like our merch, you can buy our merch. Um, this actually minuses 10 years off your age. So if you wear this, um, you actually become younger. So if you need some new drip in your life um, and you want to feel young and youthful, we'll actually make you an honorary youth member if you wear this merch. So we'll be like, you'll walk in with a hoodie and we'll be like, oh, over here, come this way, sir. <laughs> You're a youth now. You're one of us. <laughs> And then we'll chant, one of us, one of us. But yeah, you're a part of us. But not only are you sewing into our youth ministry and our camp, you also get a nice hoodie. So, Or if you're a hungry guy, go have a sausage sizzle, $2. That goes a long way and it's going to be awesome. Um, so any part helps. And then maybe if you're like, man, I can't do finances. Maybe you're a good cook. Maybe you just want to help run games. Maybe you just want to, I don't know, clean. Maybe clean is your thing. I'm not sure what your thing is. Maybe your gifting is dishwashing. I'm not sure. 
But <laughs> imagine God's like, your one gift is dishwashing. <laughs> I'm celebrating that. That would be awesome. But um, whatever your gifting is, where you can sow in your time, your finances, or even just pray for us. That's an amazing thing you can do as well. Just pray for our leaders, pray for our youth and pray for more, more youth to come as well and their friends to be invited and um, pray for every single person that they would come to know Jesus and deepen their relationship with Jesus and their life that would be transformed. Amen. So that's all my, my please help, please help us today. I'm going to get a word that I think is going to encourage you. I believe it's a word from God. And um, I've been inspired by this recently quite a lot. Like, I'm like, when can I preach it? And it keeps coming to my head, keeps coming to my head again. And I'm like, oh, when's the right time? And I feel like this is the right time. This is the right time. This is the time that I want to give the word to you that's going to inspire you. Because I thought it was just for the youth, but it's actually for the whole church. So I'm really excited for this word. But before I want to start, I want to quickly pray because I don't want to do anything without God. I don't want my own agenda to come across. I don't want my my personal emotions to get in the way, but I want God to have his way today. And I believe when God has his way, we will see transformation. We will see miracles today. So I'm going to quickly pray if that's all good with you. And um, if you want to stand with me, you know, get warmed up again. Let's pray together. But, you know, check your hand on someone next to you or something. That's for you and pray with them. If you want to repeat any of the words I say or pray your own prayer, that's awesome too. But God, I just want to thank you for the privileges that we can all come together and learn about you, that we can come together and hear your word, God. And God, right now I pray for every single individual here that they would have a moment with you today. That the word I speak wouldn't be my word, but it'd be your word, God. God, I thank you that your word never returns void, God. That it's going to empower every single person here. It's going to bring passion and stir people up. And God, I just declare right now that people will walk out of here more on fire, ignited, passionate, unashamed, and so excited about you and what you're doing in their life and in the lives around them, God. And so right now, God, I pray that every single person, we wouldn't just take a step forward, but we would take a giant leap forward in our faith journey. And everybody said, amen. Come on. What is the time? I've got to actually make sure I look at this thing. Eh? Sweet. Oh my gosh. We're running ahead of time. How amazing. Look at us. Look at us. You three just rock up and we're just like ahead of time. Yeah, we're pretty humble and pretty good. Um, look at us. Amazing. But yeah, I'm excited about this word and I've even got a catchy title because you know, a good title has to rhyme and I consider myself quite a rapper. I dabble, I dabble. But um, this title, if you're writing notes on your Apple or Android or notebook, if you're a notebook taker, you're a legend. Who's a notebook taker? Anyone write? Yeah, get the nice handwriting. I don't have nice handwriting, so. Um, title this message, The GPS Process. Woo. The GPS process. And I didn't come up with a good acronym for GPS. I I just got God's pretty sweet. Um, If you you can find a better one, let me know. But God's pretty sweet, eh? (laughs) But if you guys have a version or a Bible on you, I'd love for you guys to turn to Mark 5, 21. And then I'm hoping the team has it. If they don't, I'll pull up my own Bible as well. But, oh, look at that. Amazing. 
Here we go. This is an awesome story that I want to share with you. And I feel like it's going to stir us on. It's going to encourage us. And um, we can learn a lot from the story. I'm going to break it down, what we can learn from it. And then how GPS even remotely is related to it. Because you're like, why GPS is on? And we'll work it out. But basically, here we go. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. How good is that? He fell at his feet. That's what we all want to do today. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. I wasn't expecting such a short line. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and the crowd and touched his cloak. <laughs> because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. How good is that faith? Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. How good, how good. And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Imagine that, you're just in a crowd, Jesus is like, well, who was that? Who did that? And then you see the people crowd, crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you... Can ask who touched me? What a weird question. Now you're in a crowd. You're like, what? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. So this is the woman that was bleeding and suffering for 12 years. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What a miracle. And then we come while Jesus was still speaking, some of the people came from the house of Jairus. Remember, he was actually on his way to heal his daughter, Jairus's daughter. And the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? <laughs> Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. I feel like that's a word for someone today. Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him after he put them all out. He took, imagine laughing at Jesus. Like, I've seen you do miracles before, but no way. She is dead. And then he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha, I'm probably going to butcher this, sorry guys, Talitha Kom, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Awesome. And there's a couple more lines, I think. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. 
So that is the story I want to share with you today. This is a journey Jesus went on, a synagogue leader. If you fell asleep during that, that's all good. But synagogue leader comes in and is like, yo, Jesus, Jesus, my daughter is dying. You need to come right now so she can be healed. So he comes in with faith and he's like, yeah, Jesus can heal my daughter. That is faith right there. If only he laid his hands on her, she would be okay. So Jesus is traveling and then they're going through a crowd. And then another woman who's suffering, who's been suffering for 12 years, comes to her, comes to him with the faith. If only I could touch his garment, his cloak, his clothes, then I could be healed. And what do you know? She's healed, which is absolutely awesome. But what everyone will be wondering at this time is why, why is Jesus stopping when there's an emergency happening right now? Why is Jesus stopping in a crowd and be like, yo, who touched me? When they're trying to rush to this place. And these are all questions we ask. But there are three things that I think that we can learn from this story. And if you want to write notes down, these are the three things that you should write down. One, God has a plan for us. So what you can learn from the story is that God has a plan for us. And you might have heard that a million times, but I really want to break that down. Number two, we need to trust Jesus. We need to trust Jesus. You see how they came in with such faith, but yet when they got the response, oh, she's dead, they lost all faith. They lost all hope. And so number three, God's timing is everything. God's timing is perfect. And so from our perspective, from our human perspective, from our rationality, we're looking at Jesus in this scenario, this journey, and we're like, that is completely reckless. That is completely irrational. Why wouldn't he be racing there? And that's just our human thinking. We're like, oh, you know, if I was that, I would be rushing straight there. Because what if, what if she died on the way? What if I didn't get there in time? But Jesus is Jesus. And he understands what he knows from his point of view. He understands and knows God's plan. He understands and knows God's plan for our lives. He knows his authority and power in the situation. He knows that he's God in the flesh. And he trusts that God's timing is perfect. So when we read these stories, when we read this journey, we always think, you know, this is how it should work. When God's doing a miracle in our life, we're like, this is how it should work in our human thinking. Yet God never does it the way we think usually because God is always doing something new. God is always doing something bigger. God's doing just incredible things, but we can't try and rationalize in our head the way God's going to work in our life, eh? But you know, life's a bit, bit of a journey like this is that sometimes it takes a different way than we thought it would, a different way than we imagined. We've been seeking that miracle. We've been seeking that breakthrough, seeking that healing, and it's taking us a different route. And we're like, surely I would have gone this way. Surely I should be taking these steps so I can, you know, get that vision in my life that you prophesied over me, that word you gave me. Surely I should be going this way. Yet we seem to have gone a different way. And so I remember a while, a while back, I was using a GPS. Here it comes, the GPS process. I was using a GPS. And everyone know what a GPS is? God's pretty sweet. That's what it is. 
I was using my GPS on my phone to get somewhere, to get to a destination. And I remember God speaking to me so powerfully how this GPS could change my life. You know, I'm a bit of a unique, unique guy. Like most of you get like real like spiritual and powerful words. God to me, he gives me an image of like, I went to a youth group to preach once and it, I was like, I, I need a word, God. Like what can I, what can I do to inspire them and, and breathe new passion into them, breathe life in them? What word have you got for me? And he gave me an image of barrel monkeys. And I was like... <laughs> How come other people are like, yeah, put on the arm of God? And he's like, yo, aren't his barrel monkeys? <laughs> Use that. It's going to inspire them. I'm like, how is barrel monkeys going to inspire them? And if you want to know the story, I'll let you know after. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but the thing is with GPS sometimes is that we take the route and sometimes we think we know the way, we know the correct way. Who's, who's, who's like, yeah, I don't need no map. I know the way. I'm a people of the land. I know this place like the back of my hand. I can take any route anyway. I know this way. I don't need no GPS. And then your partner or my wife, Emma, my beautiful wife, Emma, she, she's always like, like, I know you know the way, but I need the GPS talking to me. And maybe it's because she just doesn't trust me which is fair enough. I do lead her astray sometimes down the wrong roads. But I'm like, I know the way, I know the way. But she's like, nah, let's trust the GPS. And so we go to the GPS. But sometimes we completely disagree with where the GPS is taking us, where the route it's chosen. Sometimes you're like, surely not. Surely the motorway is faster. Surely. That can't, we can't be going that way. That's not faster. And he started like kind of wrestling with it. Like, should I, should I go my own way? Or should I follow the GPS? Should I go my own way? Or should I be the man that knows the map? But we think it's a, a faster way. But what God spoke to me about was that it's like driving on his journey. We can see the road ahead. We can see what's going on ahead. But we can't see all the traffic. We can't see all the roadworks. We can't see all the road closures ahead. We can't see what's happening out there, if there's an accident or, or what's going on. We can only see what's in front of us and from our previous knowledge of where the roads go. And so what the GPS does, if you have a good GPS, I'm not going to lie, some of them suck. <laughs> and they're like, do a U-turn. And you're like, what? I'm going that way though. <laughs> the direct destination is north. And you're taking me south. But sometimes the GPS is like, it's aware of the traffic, it's aware of the accidents, and it reroutes us around it because it's faster. And so there's no way for us to know that without honestly, like maybe you like research before you leave, but who goes to Google and like road closures, roadblocks, roadworks, and then draws out a map and like, no, no one does that. But this app works it out for us and it tells us where to go and which way will be the fastest way. And I think this is a lot like God. I think sometimes we imagine a miracle working one way, a healing working one way. We're like, why is it taking so long? What, what's happening? Where do I go now? But God sees the bigger picture. 
He sees the road closures. He sees the traffic that might be holding you back from what is about to happen. He sees everything in the picture that is going to affect everything else. And so like the GPS, we've got to trust God that he sees the bigger picture, even though we think it might be a faster way or the right way, another way. But that's a tricky thing. We love control, but we've got to let go sometimes and let him take the wheel. Pure cheese. Jesus, take the wheel. But that's true. He's got to take the wheel sometimes. And we've got to let go. And so, because we can't see what's ahead all the time, no matter how good of a driver you are. And some of you are like, you haven't seen my driving. <laughs> Roadblock? Oh, I just go over that, go around it. Go on the curb. I've got a big truck. <laughs> you know, those trucks that just go on the curb and everything. But some of you might be on a journey today and you're like, it doesn't feel right. Things are happening aren't happening the way I imagine. And I'm not sure I'm going to make it to this destination, this word, this thing that's been spoken of my life. And I want to say to you that God has a plan for you. Whether you think or not, whether you even know God today, God has a plan for you. God always had a plan for you and God is still taking you to that destination, that word that he spoke of your life. And God is taking you there. It might not look like it, but God is taking you there. He has the plan. He has the big picture. He knows what is going on. And we need to trust that. He holds the big picture. He sees the roadblock on your journey and he is redirecting you. He sees the traffic and and life that might be holding you back and living in and he's redirecting you. So even though it might seem like it's the right route, trust God's will and trust that he will lead you away. But you notice how in the story that there's a delay, there's a woman who, you know, they're in a crowd and it seems like pretty convenient that this woman is there in that time and managed to get through this crowd and got to Jesus. And it seems pretty convenient that he stopped and had this relationship with her. And you notice there's a bit of timing. We'll see if you can work the sermon out as we go. But there's a delay. But can I just encourage you, God's timing is always perfect. You know, some of you are like, Zan, I've been waiting for a miracle for ages now. And I've been waiting for healing. And I've been praying. And I've been doing all the right things. Yet it still hasn't come. I want to encourage you, God's timing is perfect. God's timing is everything. Everyone say God's timing is perfect. Awesome. But I've learned in my own life in the life of Jesus, if Jesus rushed to Jairus' daughter and took the route we thought he should take, the correct path that we thought he should take, then this woman wouldn't have been healed. This woman wouldn't have had the opportunity to touch his garment, his cloak. He wouldn't, she wouldn't have had the opportunity to have that conversation with Jesus. Imagine how powerful that conversation with Jesus was. He knew that she'd been healed. He could have just kept on going and not had anything, but he loved us so much and cared so much to stop and just say, hey, you are free, you are healed. Because notice how she was ashamed and she was like, oh, I can't believe I just did that. He's going to be so mad and angry. And so he comes and sets her free from that and says, don't be ashamed. You are, you have faith. You are a daughter of God. You are healed. And so sometimes the miracles we are seeking, we're like, man, it's not coming. But one thing God has been speaking to me about the last couple of weeks is that sometimes with our miracle, with our healing, with our breakthrough, it's more than just about us. 
Sometimes God wants to stir up a whole church about how we can see healing and breakthrough in someone's life. Sometimes we we see someone and we're like, man, I I just want to get healed. I want to have breakthrough in my life. But sometimes God's like, there's people around you that need to be stirred up. There's people around you that need to have their faith elevated. There's people around you that need to grow and see the miraculous power of my kingdom and what I do. Some people need to see that my name is bigger than anything they're facing. And so sometimes if you're here today, maybe you you need healing, you need breakthrough. I want to encourage you today that some, maybe God wants to do something more with your healing, with your miracle. Maybe God wants to impact the people around you. Maybe God wants to change your lives around you. Maybe God wants to use your miracle to create an absolute atmosphere shifter, a culture change, a transformation in the whole church, in the whole community, in your school place. Because when we see a miracle, when we see something happen, our faith rises, right? We start to get passionate. We're on fire. We're like, wow, I can't believe God did that. That's amazing. Let's see what else he wants to do in our lives. Let's see if he can do the same for me. I've been pressing for that. And we start to have our faith rise. And what happens when our faith rises is we actually start to not just see in the natural, but we see in the supernatural. That's a powerful thing, is that we love to just see what's in front of us, the road ahead. But God's saying, hey, there's this bigger picture. Can you see this bigger picture? And God's timing is so perfect that it's going to be in a crowd and it's going to impact every single person there. God's timing is perfect. It's intentional, strategic, and in the right place at the right time. And then you notice when the one girl dies, they all lose hope. They lose faith. They lose strength. And they're like, you know, don't bother them anymore. She's dead. She's gone. Don't even worry about it anymore. They lose faith after they had such like amazing faith. <laughs> It's funny when the situation changes in the natural, we lose faith. It's funny when we can't see it, we lose faith. It's funny that when it's not the right path or right route, we lose faith. It's not how we imagined it, we lose faith. And sometimes in our life, we miss the mark. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we give up. We lose hope. We lose faith. And maybe today you're like, I'm too far gone. I've stuffed up too much. I've made so many mistakes. I don't even know God. I just want you to repeat this line after me. Rerouting. And your best GPS voice. Rerouting. Rerouting. When we feel like we've missed the mark, we've disqualified ourselves, we've put ourselves down, we're like, man, I'm too far gone. It's just like on a GPS, we missed a turn. And then you hear, rerouting. And then it gets to the next turn. You're like, yo, take that next turn. You miss it again. Rerouting. You know, maybe you're just really reckless and just not listening at all. Rerouting. Rerouting. And then you're like, shut up. (laughs) That voice is so annoying. Rerouting. Pull a U-turn. But I want to say to you, whether you think you're too far gone, whether you feel like you don't know God at all, God is always rerouting you back to him. Wherever you are at today, God is bringing you back to him. No matter what you think of yourself, God is bringing you back to him. 
And so I feel like there'll be people here today that you feel like, man, I'm too far gone. I don't know God. I want to promise you today that God is going to lead you and guide your next steps today to come back to him or to come to him for the first time. But on your journey, when you're driving, sometimes it's hard to hear the voice, especially when you're like me and you turn it on mute. You're like, just trust it, looking it. But you need to, you need to be able to hear that voice. You need to be able to hear the voice of God. You need to know the voice of God. You need to know him. And um, something shifts in your life and something is so powerful when you know the voice of God, when you know where he's leading you. He's saying, walk this way, walk in it. I'll light the path before you. And being a Jesus follower isn't about being perfect. Being a Christian isn't about being a perfect human being, being like flawless. We are far from it. I'm far from it. But it's about, hey, we come to a place, we take the wrong turn. It's about, hey, where did Jesus go? Let's turn to him. If we miss a turn, we make a mistake, we stuff up. Hey, where did Jesus go? Let's make a turn. Anyone follow like people on the road? They're like, yo, just follow me. Don't worry about the maps. And then you get like a red light and they're just hone through and you're like, no, I'm going to lose them. And then you get every single red light after that. And you're like, oh my gosh, where did they go? What am I going to do? You know, like trying to call them. They're not picking up. They're just singing like Beyonce or something. And they're like, they're just like rocking and jamming it. They're not even looking behind to see if you're following. They've lost you. And you're like, man, but we need to be like that. We need to be like, okay, where's Jesus? How can I reroute back to him? Let's hear his voice. It's about following Jesus. It's not about the mistakes we make, not about the stuff. Nothing we did earned his love. He just loved us anyway. And he's leading us back anyway. Nothing we did. And so as we rerouted, we've got to be better at listening to the voice of God, better at knowing the voice of God. Otherwise, we'll miss the turn again. We'll keep missing the turn again. And then it's going to be a you know, 40-year journey. <laughs> a little bit of Bible humor for you. Um, but I want to read a verse, John ten twenty seven. if you've got your Bibles. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. How powerful is that? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so I'm going to wrap up in just a bit. But, and lastly, I want to say, if you need to make a journey and you, you know the voice of God, you hear the voice of God, you know you're being rerouted back to him, you know that he's leading you back to him. But on a journey, you need gas, right? <laughs> you need gas to make the way. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's a long journey, you need a lot of gas. And gas is expensive nowadays, so we best be praying. <laughs> but you need gas. I remember me and Emma took a, a road trip a while back. And uh, I think we're going to Hastings uh, somewhere. And we're going through a gorge. And then like halfway through the gorge, I realized my car's like pretty much on empty. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I not check this? How did I not like prepare for this? Who's been in a situation where they're riding on empty? Who's the, who are those people that ride on empty for like, you're like, i got another three days. I can make this trip, no worries. Oh well, yeah, it like, depends where you're going. They're like, oh, you're like, oh, I've got no gas to go, go to work. i got no gas to the other. And someone's like, yo, 
keen for KFC? And you're like, yeah, we've got enough time. We've got enough gas. But sometimes you need gas to make the journey. And so I was in this road trip with Emma and I like, I'd like to say I was a man of faith and I was like, don't worry, we got this. We got God is on our side. <laughs> I definitely wasn't like that. I was like, Emma, we're on empty. How are we going to make this? Where's the next petrol station? When was the last petrol station? How many petrol stations are in New Zealand? I don't know. What are the prices? And you know how when you're running on an empty petrol, your prayer is the most passionate it's ever been. <laughs> I'm like, Father God, please rescue us from this situation. We're running on Holy Spirit right now. <laughs> please save us. We're at the petrol station. And you know, when you're so empty that you're leaning forward in your car, so it just like goes forward a little bit more. <laughs> you like pack all the weight in the front. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> You get to a hill and you're like, all right, dropping the neutral, boys. Here we go. And you're just sliding down that hill. You're like, we're going consume, to consume as little as possible. That was like us. We're leaning forward. But sometimes on a road trip, if you're a good, faithful servant of God, you'll know to have pit stops, grab some more petrol, and get to your destination. But that petrol is kind of like our relationship with God. Sometimes we think we can just take a journey based on the miracle that we got 10 years ago. (laughs) Sometimes we think we can just go on a journey based on Pastor Jesse's awesome message last week or two weeks ago. And we're like, yep, that will do for now. (laughs) But I want to encourage you every single day, mine out the gold and and word that God has for your life. Mine out everything that God has for you and your world. You need to have that pit stop. You need to be refilled with the Spirit. You need to be refilled with words of life and declaration and prophecy. You need to be passionate. You need to be on fire. If you feel like today, and I feel like I'm speaking to some people today, maybe you feel like, oh, I've kind of lost my passion. I've kind of lost that that voice of God in my ears. I can't quite hear Him the same as I used to. I want to give you a moment later today because I'm believing that everyone's going to walk out of here knowing the voice of God. And and we're we're taking a pit stop right here today. (laughs) And we're going to be filled. We're going to be refilled. So we're rerouted, but we're going to be filled today. So we're going to take pit stops. And so if we could just have the band up, that would be awesome. Make the points hit home more. Everything hits home more when there's keys. (laughs) But... Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's rerouting us back to Him. His timing is perfect. But I want to get into a a time of ministry right now because I believe God wants to do something powerful right now. This is our pit stop situation. I believe God's timing is perfect. And for some of us, that timing is right now. What better time than now? And I know there's some people and I know you're going through some things. You're struggling and you've been pressing forward in faith and praying. And I'm believing the time is now. We're going to gather around and believe that God is going to provide breakthrough for every single person here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.